Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of On3 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It's a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Bendale. Yeah, it would be a little weird. Mm, you, wouldn't, you would not know what to expect if uh, if that were indeed the case. Wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Calm. Don't forget, with every purchase from Strange Brew Coffee House, you support the Bulldog Initiative. Speaking of that, our good friends over at Hip Printing and Signs want to remind you that whatever your business needs to get your message out there, they can help you with that. Uh, if you need signage on the front of your building, if you need to attract your customers to get in, they can do that for you. If you need to put out mailers, if you need to put out Uh, Flyers, they can do that for you. Envelopes, forms, banners, windows and wall graphics, 3D signage. Pip Printing can do all of that for you. And then when you do business with Pip Printing, you just say, hey, heard about you on Thunder and Lightning. They're going to donate 10% of your sale to the Bulldog Initiative in your name. Now, that's a great deal for you, a great deal for the Bulldog Initiative. You can't go wrong. Call my friend Camden Baker at 601-499-5216. And check out what PIP Printing and Signs can do for your business. If you need printing or signs, call PIP PIP today. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. And, I mean, it's cold outside, guys. So if you don't have a – if you didn't get a new Mississippi State pullover for for Christmas or, you know, if the ones you've got have got the banner M on there and you want to switch that out for State Script or the M over S – well, then you need to make a trip to College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. The best meal in town for lunch, for dinner, for Sunday brunch. It's at Restaurant Tyler. You know, we're getting that time of year where, you know, special occasions are going to be happening. We're only, you know, what, a month away, a little bit less from Valentine's Day, I would go ahead and make that reservation if I were you for Restaurant Tyler. I would go ahead and be ready and be prepared for that because it's going to be a, a, a you know, it's going to be a busy night. You might as well just get ahead of it. If you're going to have a special occasion or if you just want the special occasion to be a great meal, it's waiting for you at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. And guys, it if you want a bank that provides the small town feel with their service and the way they treat their customers, 
but also has everything that a big bank, a big corporate bank can offer you in terms of financial services, you want to talk about Priority One Bank. If you're already a Priority One Bank customer, you know about their app. It's smooth, streamlined. It's one of the best apps out there for banking. You do a lot more on there than just move your money around. Find a location near you. If you live in central Mississippi, there's got to be one near you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Today is January the 16th, as you're listening, of 2024, unless you're one of those, you know, listen right when I upload it type people, in which case we love you, but, you know, this doesn't apply. So it's January 16th, Robbie, which means we are exactly 30 days from the start of the college baseball season here in Starville, February 16th, Mississippi State first pitch against the Air Force Academy, finally getting revenge against Paul Skeens. We're gonna we're they're gonna show him what's for. Oh, you want to go to LSU? Look what we do to this other school that you used to play at, huh? Watch this. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, no, no. All right. So, as I, if I recall, Robbie. Last year, we didn't get the first pitch time until like a week before the game. And then that held for like the first couple of series. When do we get first pitch time for this? Week of. Week of, so like February 12th? Yeah, okay. sounds right. That's our over-under on that one. We'll see. I, I, you know, we don't have a roster no. right now. No. We don't have times for, for games. I mean, what's going on here? I literally went to pull up the roster, and the first person on there is KC Hunt. And I was like, that's not right. Like, I need, I need a roster. But it doesn't matter. Robbie and I, we are professionals. And we have toughed through it. And we've got what well, we, we've, we've, we've put together what we feel is a decent projected starting lineup. I've got some names for, for, for rotation, for the bullpen, for closer. So let's just go through it, man. Mississippi State baseball. But we got to start big picture here. I won't lie. I won't lie. I am surprised that Chris Limonis is still the head baseball coach here. Um, I think part of that is that Zach Selman, never having been at a school like Mississippi State, didn't doesn't have a full grasp of what baseball is at Mississippi State. Um, I don't know that John Cohen... By that same token, I don't know that John Cohen would have let Lamonis go either, because that was I don't think he would have. That was his guy, and you know, I, it, it's just an interesting situation. Lamonis won a national title two seasons ago, was on top of the college baseball world, and Mississippi State looked like it was poised to finally ascend to the nation's top program, where you know it felt like they could ever just get over the top and win that title. They would do that. Instead, it's been back-to-back years of not making the NCAA tournament. You and I were talking to somebody. I think we were just talking to maybe just a random fan the other day. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. It was wrong. a guy from Alabama. The it was a um, it was a radio guy from That's Alabama. Right. That's was right. asking, yeah, yeah. We were at the basketball game. This guy covered Alabama and just wanted to talk a little baseball with us. And we both said that you know we think that this it's not going to be a promising season. And somebody, somebody else, and I were speaking, and, and I just, they, they, I, I said, you know, I think he'll be, or maybe it's the same guy. I said, you know, I think he'll be safe if he makes the NCAA tournament. It really is something that you know, in this day and age of college baseball, where Mississippi State has all these facilities and has pumped all this money into the sport, 
that we're willing to say, okay, you can miss the tournament for two years, and then as long as you make it, you know, you can be a three seed in the uh, in the, the 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 South, you know, the UCLA regional. You're set. You're safe. It, it seems completely silly to me, to be honest with you. I mean, I feel like the the goal should be you're going to host a super regional this year, or you're going to be gone. But I don't think this team can do that, to be honest with you. Well, I just I think that's just way too unrealistic of an expectation to and your counterpart would probably your counterpoint would probably be, well, he shouldn't be in this position. And I, I totally get that. It's a. But it's if they're un- showing, to correct me if, if I'm wrong on this, I want to get. I'm on, I hate to interrupt you, but I want to. I want. It's an unrealistic expectation for this team. It's not an unrealistic right. expectation for this program. Correct. Correct. Okay. And that that's why I understand where you're coming from with that. I don't think that this team is one that I look at and I can say definitively they should be hosting a super regional. This program should be. This, you're exactly right. This program should be in that position. I think that, you know, they've they've really kind of fallen back the last two years. Chris Lamone has probably presented uh, his plan to Zach Selman as to why he thinks he can get them back on track and how he thinks they can get back on track. And, and Zach Selman has given him another year. And I believe if you show that you are trending upwards – I don't think they're going to fire Chris Amonis. He's been afforded some grace. He's given you the first national championship in the history of the school, and I do think that means something, and it should. It should. So he's proven that he can win a championship. If he can prove that he is trending this team positively, I think they're going to continue to allow him to coach. I just, I don't think that it's going to be a situation where Zach Selman says, you're hosting this year or you're out. Uh, I, th- I think that if they can get back in postseason play, they're showing that they've gotten better as far as competing inside the league. He's going to be he's going to continue to be the coach here, because for one, you can you can throw it on Scott Foxhall, mm-hmm. and you know I, I don't know if if Chris Amonis is that kind of guy where he's going to blame other people. I, I haven't seen that from him. He's a guy that usually takes you know takes initiative. That is something that every press but, conference he was he was very you know this is on me I've got to figure yeah. It out yeah but I mean you're trying to keep your job you can easily say look look at the improvement we've made in one year without Scott Foxhall mm-hmm. he was the that what he was doing was the root of the problem I, I'm just saying what what his selling point could be to keep his job for another year if they show incremental improvements on the mound you can easily say that the pitching was your problem. And that's why things diminished the way that they did. And you got a new pitching coach. You've been recruiting better. You can sell a little better if they make the tournament. You can sell a little better to the transfer portal and things like that. So he's going to have a selling point if he's able to get back to postseason this year and the pitching staff looks much better. So I mentioned the other day that I'd I'd spoken to someone about baseball and, and they made this point to me. So this team last year offensively was okay. Right, they were okay. They were they were good enough offensively to have won a lot more games than they did win. They were maybe the worst. It's kind of funny. We're about to have the same discussion we've been having about football. This is what we're mm-hmm. going to go with. This they were the worst pitching team in the conference last year by far. They 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 gave away more free bases than anybody in the conference, and it, it continually bit them. 
Yeah. And so this year, you know, if 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 Foxhall was the problem and you fix the problem, you bring in Justin Parker, who's a, who's a better pitching coach, you believe is a better pitching coach. It's sort of the same thing we're saying with football, right? They should be good enough offensively that if they're just average pitching, they'll win enough games to go into a region. And I think the offense, if you look at the numbers, they weren't too impressive last year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said over and over again, I think that the, those numbers were deceptive of how good that offense could have been mm-hmm. and was at times because they were having to press. They were having to – they were, they, always knew they were gonna have to score a ton of runs. Right. So the people that made the point that well the offense sucked too, I think that you're overlooking the situation that they were in at the beginning of the season. That offense was just was killing it. They mm-hmm. were killing the ball. And and SEC play, they had a lot of big numbers too, from you know home run hitting from Hunter Hines and guys like that, Dakota Jordan. But whenever you get into the mindset, I just don't think people understand. When you know going into a ball game, you got to score a lot of runs because your pitching staff is not going to be able to hold a lead. It changes the whole mindset of an offense. You, your approach at the plate is completely different. In 2021, when they knew that they were going to get a good start more often than not from Christian McLeod on Friday nights, and I know late in the season he wasn't as trustworthy as people thought, but he had a good season. When they knew they were going to get a, a good competitive start from Christian McLeod on Fridays, when they knew they had guys in the bullpen that could hold things down, their approach was completely different. They could be a little more loose. They knew at some point they would have a big inning or something like that. This team last year and the one before it too, they couldn't go into a ball game feeling that way. You were going to have to score a lot of runs to win that ball game. I think that changed the the offensive approach tremendously. I think we need to go back and, and just reiterate how bad State was as a pitching staff a season ago. Uh, team ERA, and this is all games. Not, the conference stats are worse. All all games, 7.01 ERA as a team. Um, 321 walks in 453 innings. That uh, That's just insane. Teams hit 268 against them. That's 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 mm. a ton. I mean, these that's, numbers are <laughs> these numbers are are, that, are are brutal. It's crazy. It makes me just let's just you, you mentioned twenty one. You know, and obviously that's a team that has you know a first round pick and a, and a couple other guys, a couple of first round picks on that uh, that thing. But well, you looking at those stats there, I mean, it's it's ridiculous the difference. Ridiculous. I'm I'm, I'm trying to vamp here because. Mississippi State website is, is just giving me issues here today. It was the worst pitching performance in a season that we've ever seen. In in I, 21, it was a full three runs lower per game from seven yeah. to four. Teams hit 220 against the 21 team. Teams hit 268 last year against Mississippi State. So, again, if they can just be above average to average, if they could be around, if the ERA is around five and a half, if the that's, that, and that's bad, that's not great. But if it's that, that, that would shave a, ha- a run and a half off every game. If the that well, goes from two sixty eight to two forty five, it's like I said last year. You know, Florida's pitching staff's numbers weren't great. Yeah. They went to the College World Series and had a chance to win a national title. 
you don't have to be a great pitching staff anymore. We really are having the same discussion about football here. It's crazy. Yeah. You, it, I mean, it's uh, offense has changed across the board in sports. Offense is exciting. Offense is, you know, what, what wins games. But if you can just be in a big moment, you can come up and get a strikeout. Or you have a guy out of the bullpen that can that can stop a game for you. That's the key. You don't have to be a you don't have to be a pitching staff that has an earn run average under three to be successful. That the game is different now. But you do have to be a pitching staff that has a good Friday night starter, has a good closer, has some pieces in there that at any given moment can come up and, and give you a big inning or something like that. You can't be uh, you know, leaking water right. at all times. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the runs is what wins the ball game. So you're either scoring a lot of those to win a ball game or you're giving a lot of them up to lose them. Mississippi State gave a lot of them up last year. So you just got to be kind of average mm-hmm. and let your offense do the rest. So let's talk about, you know, what what this team might look like this year in the field and on, and on the mound. I think you've got, you know, you got some guys, obviously, you can just pencil right in. Hunter Hines is going to be at first base. No, no question about that. Um, Dakota Jordan is going to be in one of the outfield spots, probably left, if, if we had to make a, a guess. I feel like you can pencil David Mershon in at one spot, but we just don't know maybe off defensively where he's going to be. But he'll be in the lineup. There's no question about that. Ross Highfield at catcher, pencil him in. He, he's going to be there. And then you've got some spots where you've got some guys You've got some 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 proven guys, but we just aren't quite sure how they're going to fit in there. We'll start in the middle of the infield. Amani Larry, David Marshawn, and then the uh, the true freshman Cup, Dylan Dylan Cup. Two of those three guys are your second baseman and your shortstop. Just as we sit here today, you probably can't tell who, and the loser of that is probably the DH, right? Yeah, I mean, I would think. I think you know with with Larry Mershon and Cup, those guys are going to be regularly in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Cup's probably the most gifted defender on the entire team, and he's got a f- few tangible things about him, intangibles that you just can't teach. Mm-hmm. Leadership ability, he's got that you know dog in him, Jake Mangum type. Yeah, that that guy's going to be on the field, but Mershon's kind of like that. About to say, you, you, this is what you, these are the same things you said a year ago about Mershon. So that's good though. Yes. It's a good thing to have. And State needs those players again. They need the Tanner Allens, the Rowdy Jordans, the Jake Mangums. Nothing really rattles them. They can go win you a ball game. They need those kind of players. Like how Dylan Cup handles SEC pitching is kind of going to be the the telltale. Now, we've seen guys that have come in, torn it up in non-conference, get to SEC play, and they fall off the map as freshmen. We've seen guys that did, Dakota Jordan was like it last year, struggled a little bit early on, really struggled to pick up, you know, breaking ball. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of clicked for them. There's certain guys like that that they just kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. Rashawn did that. So I think Dylan Cup is one of, is one of those guys. It, it would shock me if he just kind of hit a brick wall and couldn't get over it. So I, I think he's going to be in the lineup somewhere regularly. 
the question becomes what happens with Mershon and Larry? Mm-hmm. And it's a good problem to have. You have Larry, who I thought was solid last year, has been a pretty good hitter for every team he's played for. That might be your DH. Mershon might move to second. I don't know. I I like Mershon in the field. I, I like I like having a guy like that that can kind of improvise. He, you have those dirtbag type players. They'll go make a play for you. They, you're going to have some miscues from them too, but more often than not, those guys are going to make some big plays for you. So I like him in the field. I, I'm very intrigued to see how that all sorts itself out. Um, and that's easily the biggest position battle is that middle infield going into the spring. At third, this is where State was probably the most successful uh in the transfer portal and bringing in the Memphis kid, Logan Kohler, a guy who they feel like can provide some pop, provide, some, provide a little more power in this lineup, um, have a chance to, to be that third home run hitter with Hines and, and Jordan, be another double-digit home run guy. That's what they're, they're hoping for. But more than that, a guy who can improve you defensively at third base. That, was a, the, the, this, that's, uh, that side of the infield was a problem last year especially when Lane mm. Slate was out there. They finally made the move, put him on the bench. They are just hopeful. Well, Slate, all, Slate Offered. Slate all, uh, yeah, Slate Offered. I, I, I was getting to that. Slate Offered, I mean, now, now off to Georgia, where I think he can be a, a, a successful player, but as a third baseman, he was just awful de- defensively a season ago. You had guys fielding below 900. I mean, that is just incredible. Kohler is a guy that is, I mean, you can all, again, another guy you can almost pencil in as a day one guy, barring it. There's no, there's, Cup wouldn't go over to third, would he? Uh, I've thought about that before, Sean. but I think it's probably going to be Kohler. And it, he was really good in the fall. Yeah. I, I don't think defense is going to be an issue for him. And I, I think he'll be good enough offensively. You can keep him in the lineup. You know, Downs was another guy that could have played third base, but he's going to be out. Uh, with Tommy John, and they used Nate Chester a little bit last year, but you need Kohler to work out. You need you need that guy to to step up and and be what you brought him in. State has had a guy out of the portal like that that has filled a role the last few years. That I mean, you can say what you want to about the portal, but R.J. Yeager was excellent at second base and in that lineup. I thought. Larry was really good last year replacing him. Didn't quite hit the numbers that he did, but I thought he was good. Mm-hmm. Polar needs to be – to have that kind of impact. Yeah. And, and I think he will. That, And I can't tell you how – we talk about the pitching. Let's, let's talk about defense a little bit. I can't tell you how big of an impact that made on Mississippi State and their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. The pitching staff made had some issues for the offense. The defense – made things more difficult for the pitching staff last year. Yeah. You don't have trust in your defense behind you. And not being able to make plays routinely at third base was a big part of that. That's a big position. State's had trouble finding third basemen over the years, really since Jared Parks. I mean, it's, it's been kind of a struggle to find a, a good lockdown third baseman. Yeah. Hopefully Logan Kohler is able to do that. Slate Alford fielded at an 835 clip last year. Uh, I know. Ugh. Lane Forsyth was at 884, 15 errors. Between the two of them, they had 28 errors. State had 65 nice. errors in, uh, in, uh, in 53 games. So basically, they were averaging an error per game. I mean, 
Never mind. And what's crazy? When I said I gave away free bases, it wasn't just walks. It was defensive defensive problems as well. And if you look back, you know, national championship didn't commit an error in the College World Series. It right. is, it is the number one reason why they won the national championship. They didn't make errors, and everybody else did. Vanderbilt could not field. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the, the not going from the turf to natural grass and dirt. I don't know, but Vanderbilt made a ton of errors in those two losses that they had, that was a huge part of why they won it. 2022, State had a top 10 defense, I think, nationally. Mm-hmm. They were good. Defense was actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Last year was a complete, complete disaster. I yeah. don't know what happened. And there was a, a third issue defensively last year, and that was the inability to throw runners out when, when they stole. Luke Hancock, for, for all he gave Mississippi State in terms of leadership, was just a defensive liability uh, a season ago. So they're hopeful. Careful. I don't sweat him. Uh, Good thing you have your DMs locked. That's why. That's why. Uh, I, I, that's, so I, I see Highfield, you know, just being better at that, being able to, you know, patrol, keep the base pads a little bit under, under lockdown a little bit more. And he had some struggles last year, too, but he's he a true he's freshman. A freshman. Yeah. Some people were hard on him. Like, this is a true freshman catching, you know, 95, 96 consistently for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the sliders and the change up. I mean, it's a lot different than what you experience in high school baseball. Yeah. When you look at the outfield, I think for sure, you know, obviously Dakota Jordan is in in Sharpie. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The other two spots, it feels like there's some fluidity. Connor Hijack is is one you know played some center in the fall and you think maybe he's going to get that spot and then you know the guy that nobody talks about he had a good season last year and then he kind of got Wally pipped what was Bryce Chance who just every time he came up he he it seemed like he was hitting the baseball but they just had so many guys back there and the, last year you knew that that Kellum Clark Colton Ledbetter Dakota Jordan were your starting was your starting. Uh, Outfield, Hunter Hines was DHing. There just wasn't a spot in the lineup for Chance. I think this year he, he's going to be a starter and be a guy who contributes a good deal. Yeah, this this seems like his moment to step in because there's just you look at the rest of the guys competing out there. I don't see anybody that's going to overtake him. Mm-hmm. Connor Hijack had a really good summer. You hope that he has a Colton Ledbetter type year. Ledbetter had that big summer. When you brought him in out of Sanford last year, maybe you can get even a quarter of that production from Connor Hijack. Um, and Ledbetter was really good in center. It looks like Hijack's going to have his chance this year. And speaking of chance, Bryce has his opportunity too, either in left or right field. I think he he or Dakota Jordan can flip. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But you have three solid pieces there. Defensively and offensively. And it really sucked for Bryce Chance last year because he was one of their best hitters. Mm-hmm. He batted 330, 33 hits in 36 games, uh, four doubles, two home runs, 22 RBI, 444 on base. Mm-hmm. He was really good. And if you look at what he was doing before he went out, let's see, when he when did he go out? It was before the it was for SEC play, right? Yeah, he got hurt. Let's see here. He was batting 379. Yeah. And it, I mean he had a he he had a hit in every game but 3. 
Mm-hmm. So he was kind of the pleasant surprise, you know, the guy that I believe walked on from MRA and as a redshirt freshman, I, I feel terrible for the kid because he red shirts, works his butt off, becomes a starter for Mississippi State, and then goes down with an injury, which I believe happened when he was diving for a, a ball. Mm-hmm. And Dakota Jordan, I think, was the one that came in and kind of took his place. Yeah. But again, it, just about every time he came back in the game, he did something for That's State. Right. So I, I think he's going to have a big year. when he got hurt. And he finished at 330. So, I mean, yeah, he took some some lumps in SEC play. But a lot of that is he went 0 for 1. He just got one at bat, you know, and, and couldn't do anything with it. He also fits that mentality mentality you were just talking about. That sort of that dirt bag, dirt on the uniform kind of mentality. Bryce Chance is also that kind of player. You, you, you mentioned Rowdy Jordan. He's got some Rowdy Jordan in his game, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, in, I'm really um, interested in that outfield group. Not not a ton of guys behind him that have proven anything, but you know Michael O'Brien I think has a chance to be good the the freshman mm-hmm. outfielder, uh, and we'll see on everybody else. I, I like this freshman class too. By the way, I think they have a chance to be really good. That's back to back freshman classes with some impact players in in them. So if we look at opening day. If we if I said starting lineup, Hines at first, Larry at second, Mershon at short, Kohler at third, outfield is hijack, Jordan, Chance, DH is cup, and behind the plate is high field. You feel like that's about right? I still think that Cup is gonna start. I, I just have a feeling. I think he'll be in the lineup. Okay. Yeah. And and I think he'll be in the field. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you think Mershon and Cup second and short, and then Larry DHing? Or Marshawn DHing. Okay. Um, I just don't know. I I, I want to see some practices too. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. All right. Let's switch gears and talk pitching. We'll move into that. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. Hey, if you're gonna be grilling out at uh, Duty Noble Field this weekend or this weekend this season. You can uh, you can definitely want to put some beef out there on the grill. You will be the envy of the left field lounge, and everybody comes by and sees those big ribeyes you're cooking up on the grill. Anytime you can put some beef out there, you know, I mean, they're the ones who sponsor the pitching changes too. So hopefully, we'll see a little bit less of the Mississippi Beef Council's advertising this year. Mississippi State can get some innings out of some guys, but we can definitely support them by cooking out and putting some red meat on the grill. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked southern soul food that you are looking for. Simple as this, guys. You're in Starkville for anything. This weekend, Mississippi State basketball versus Vanderbilt. If you're going to be here, you need to make a trip to Brothers. That place is fantastic. There's a reason, you know, they they were in a small location, now they're in a big location, and even the big location, they can't, they've got a line out the door. There's a reason for that. It's because the food is some of the best in town, and they take care of their customers, and they're a Bulldog Initiative business. So it's a win-win-win with some smoked Southern Soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service. It's what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. They've been doing it for 49 years. Imagine being open that long. You know how you do that? It's because you take care of your customers. When you make a sale, 
They know they can call you back if there's a problem and that you'll take care of it. That That's how you build repeat business. That's how you keep your doors open for nearly a half century. If you need new technology for your business, you need to call Advantage Business Systems today. 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at The Rogue, they have the pullovers and polos you want for 2024. You don't want the banner M. That's over. That's done. Put it, you know, Go ahead and take that to the Palmer Home Store. We're done with that. We're getting new gear. We're getting state script. We're getting M over S. We're getting interlocking, and we're getting it from the road. Great styles, great name brands, and the logos that you want. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. We come to it now with the pitching staff, Robbie. This is where, if it's better this year, Mississippi State can be a postseason team. If it's not, Mississippi State will, will undergo a coaching search. It is really that simple, the, the, the equation for me. If I told you today, if I said today, your opening weekend rotation is Colby Holcomb, Durangelo Sanjay, and Kyle Steven, what do you think? Uh, I would say no. Okay. You tell me your three. Carson Ligon. You forgot gonna, about him. No I've, got, no, I've got him written down. I just don't have him in my Oh, program. he's definitely a starter. Okay. You know, I think they might, I think he might the first week be the midweek guy. So the, the, I think the, he's going to start. Guy. Okay. Okay. The 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 question to me is, uh, Cal Stephen and um, Holcomb. Mm-hmm. And where's Bradley Lofton eventually in this equation? Like, I you think is he going to take be, that step? Well, I want we'll get to Lofton. Do you think Stephen could be the Friday night guy? I don't know. Okay. I figured. I figured. Um, I figured Ligon would be pushing for that. Really? Okay. But I don't know. Again, this is like I've got to see these guys pitch on a weekend before yeah. I start really breaking them down. Mm-hmm. And then you know you got um, you got other pieces that you got to fill here with this team. You know, like I said, Lofton w- showed a lot of promise last year in the midweek, and then it looked like maybe he had some some kind of injury, shoulder injury, I think, last year that limited him late in the season. They, they weren't able to really max out his innings. So how does he come back from that? You know, what what is what takes shape out of the bullpen? They're hoping to get Pico Cohn back later. Mm-hmm. I, I don't – there's a lot of guys. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to be better, but what is it? I like Cam Schulke a lot. Evan Sierra showed a lot of promise uh, last year uh, out of the bullpen. Stone Simmons is back. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And then um, you also got Brooks Auger back, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, from a numbers perspective and even in experience, you're going to have more experience and better numbers this year. Right. The word I used a lot with pitching staff last year was systemic. Right. What was it was not just one guy having a problem and, and, and it was they're building everybody was walking guys. Everybody was giving away free bases. So when you want to try to sell me on the idea that Foxhall was the problem, that makes it kind of an easy sell. That the fact that everybody was having these problems means it had to be coaching, right? So yeah. you've got some power arms here. Holcomb is a guy who's got this kind of tools that could be a high draft choice. Uh Sanjay, I'm interested this year. Does he does he 
continue to try to go both hands, or does he just settle in with his right arm, which appears to be the better option for him? Uh, you know, last year he, he it never really came together for him. Now he's a true freshman out there throwing SEC innings. That's going to be tough for for anybody who's not an elite elite talent. But I, I you want to see him and Lofton take that step forward. Then you mentioned the two transfers as far as your starters. I think you got five guys here between Holcomb, Sanjay, Stephen, Ligon, and Lofton that you can find a a good starting three, and then a couple guys to give you innings on the midweek. I, I feel really good about those guys. Then you mentioned uh, Brooks Auger and Stone Simmons returning. I think that's huge, huge pieces. Did you mention Nate Dom? No, I didn't. Nate Dom. Nate Dom, yeah. His, his dad listens to our shows. So I, right, sure yeah, I don't want right. to get that guy going. No, but I don't. I don't think he's. I don't. I don't see him as a starter. I think no, they no, need no. him in the. But bullpen. I think he is. I think he is your your long relief guy. I think that he yeah. who can come in and get you six outs. Uh, he's, he's kind of a jack of all trades. Yeah, he he can start if you need him. He can close if you need him. I think you know. I thought last year he had some moments where he was dominant out there, just just mm-hmm. dominant. And then he had some moments where you know it got away from him a little bit. If he can take a step forward, I mean, he's still a young player. If he can take a step forward this year, he could be a a real difference maker for Mississippi State. Well, I know his dad was talking on the message board one day about how how much they had loved like the work that they had been putting in with uh, Justin Parker, and he was kind of tweaking some things. I think he's got another pitch he's working on. So he could take a big step in his development this year. It's one thing to just throw really hard which he can do is another thing to develop some of those other pitches that makes you less unpredictable. And I'm not saying he was totally predictable because he did have some other pitches, but when a guy like that comes in, that's throwing hard, sometimes you have the tendency to really lean on that a little bit. He's becoming, I think a more well-rounded pitcher under Justin Parker. And another thing with his pitching staff, like I just want to see them attack hitters. Attack the zone some form yes, or fashion, yes. yeah. whether that be with a you know a fastball up in the zone, or you know hitting the hitting your spots or whatever, or if you can throw you know your breaking balls for strikes. I just got tired of seeing a three-two count and a slider in the dirt, or you know a, a slider underneath the zone like that just drove me insane. You have a three-two count don't put the guy on base and they were nibbling around the zone or Mm -hmm. trying to get somebody to offer a breaking ball out of the zone. It just didn't work. And teams had the book on it. Teams knew what was coming on those pitches. It wasn't even that too, Robbie though. It wasn't even just three, two. They were doing, they were doing that on one and two where you should be really trying to, you know, throw the fastball and and challenge the hitter. Yeah. Mississippi State would, they would just nibble and then it was two and two and then it was three and two. And then like you said, three and two, they're still throwing those off speed pitches. So, yes, I, I, I agree with that. Here's another guy that I'm excited about. Mm. And I'm I'm just really, really curious to see what they do with is Nolan Stevens. Okay. The, he's a true freshman, mm-hmm. can play in the field, can really swing it. Mm-hmm. But he's a pitcher, too. He's a left-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. So what do they do with this kid? He is a uh, really well-built kid was a guy that a lot of people were kind of surprised came to school. He was one that many thought would would not make it to school. Mm-hmm. 6'3", 215, was an All-American, 
out of a high school in California. State was able to sneak him in because I think, you know, he wanted to play two ways. Mm-hmm. And Mississippi State was going to give him that opportunity. So, you know, mid-90s fastball, low to mid-90s fastball from the left side, mm-hmm. big physical kid. He is an intriguing prospect to me. And I think he plays this year some form or fashion. I try. I seem, I seem to recall you talking about Hunter Hines in, in similar terms. Not obviously not the two way player, but you were convinced that he was going to make a big imp- impact as a true freshman, and obviously he did. If, do you think that Stevens could could become a player like that in, in this lineup? Because where does he fit in? Yeah, see that that's that's my thing. I don't know if it's in this lineup. I think he. I think his his contribution this year could be on the mound. I think he could be a guy that they bring in in situations. You know, he's a lefty, so you can bring him in, and they don't have a, a guy um, who was Tapper. Remember they Bob brought Tapper. in Tapper a lot last year? Well, yeah. he's transferred out. Yeah. Could he provide some of that, what Brock Tapper did last year, or even more? Mm-hmm. I think that he's going to have, you know, a couple of opportunities to do that. We shall see. We shall see. This pitching staff, it, it just has to be better. It just has to be better. And if they can figure that out, that they have a chance there to 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 keep this thing going. But if they're not, I mean, we're we're gonna, you know, we're gonna spend June and July talking about who's the next head coach at Mississippi State Baseball. It, well, it, for the sake of all the people that get so upset about us for being so negative. Which they do. They need to win. Yeah. Win some games. Hey, guess what? If you want to hear us say positive things, yeah. Mississippi State needs to do positive things. Yeah, that's kind of like how that I works. Can't, I can't turn chicken, you know what, into into chicken salad. I can't do it. All right, all I can do is tell you that I got chicken, you know what. So yeah, so we'll figure it out. All right, so thirty days away, Mississippi State. I'll just go ahead and tell you, first pitch is going to be like at two o'clock. All right, it's going to be freezing cold. They're going to have to do it in the daytime. It's just the way it is. Are they not setting the weekend schedule because? There's a basketball game that weekend. It's a good question. Let's see. State plays Arkansas on Saturday. I'm not sure what the what the uh, women do Sunday, but let's take a look. So they could be waiting to set the whole weekend. All right. So Mississippi State, but but you know you already know the time. You know the times for yeah. You know the times for basketball already. So Mississippi State men's basketball against Arkansas that weekend is at one. On Saturday. And then the women on Sunday are uh they are at Oxford, so that's not an issue. Okay. So so you play you probably need to play oh. that game at like four on four. Saturday. Four sounds right, yeah. And you just come right over after that. And then you, you, I mean, it's gonna be cold, but you, you can at least be done by like seven, hopefully, and then you you're not too bad off, but in reality, Robbie, like to get around that, if you want to keep people from being super cold, you need to play a doubleheader either on Friday or, or on Sunday and start at like 11. Oh, but who knows? Who knows what the weather's going to be like? We never know. It's true. It could be like 65 degrees. Who, who knows? You know, so we'll see. All right, guys, 30 days till opening day. We're looking forward to it. Hope you guys are too. You know what tomorrow is? It's the rumblings. Get your questions in. We'll be happy to answer them. Uh, and we'll, uh, See tomorrow's Wednesday, so we play, play they play basketball on Wednesday. So we'll we'll recap Mississippi State, Kentucky on Thursday's show. 
All right, guys, have a great uh, Tuesday. Try to stay warm. Try to stay safe if you're out on the road. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.